Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's our Friday game-by-game preview. Nada already has our DFS contest in the chat. It's going to be in the podcast description. Make sure you join that. Mike, happy Friday. How are we feeling about this 10-game slate? Uh, Happy Friday, Sia. Uh, Look, I love 10-game slates. Uh, You know, my ideal world would be a mix between showdowns and, like, six-game slates. Like, Mm -hmm. I I would love to limit the player pool and then get to work on that player pool. Uh, So that's kind of what we have here again. So I I actually like this slate quite a bit. Yeah, and by the way, something we talk about a lot, uh, especially on the Tuesday show, is if you want that even more limited slate than 10, you got the early slate that's seven games, and you got the afternoon slate that's three games. So you're, you're... I always encourage people to do that because I think it's a really good way to switch things up. A lot of the content is geared towards the main slate, but that doesn't mean you can't use this content to actually play the early slate only or the afternoon slate. Mike, this first game against my Washington Commanders, I, I, I'm i going to have a lot of players in this game. I think a lot of people are, and I know just looking at some of the notes that I've seen from you, you're definitely going to have some pivots with your stacks in terms of like getting off of this game. But let's talk about it. Dolphins minus nine and a half at the Commanders. It's a 49 and a half point total. My first instinct is to say, well, the Commanders really can't defend anybody. I mean, they lost some pieces in their defense. They've now lost their defensive coordinator. I don't really see how they contain Tua unless like the weather becomes a problem or something, which I suppose is something to monitor with the rain perhaps. But Tua 7,900, Tyree Kill 9,600. Jalen Waddle, I think, is very interesting at 7,600. I think you can double stack these guys because we have some salary relief that we're going to talk about with guys like Zach Moss, for example. Um, even Curtis Samuel in this game, I think, is decent salary relief at 4,100. I guess my question for you is, are you as high on this stack as I am? And if not, why not? I am as high on it. Uh, it's definitely my second stack. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to play Tyreek Hill. So I, I'm going to play him in, in every lineup, assuming he's good to go. He's got the questionable tag. We, we fully expect him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a stack that I'm going to look to potentially play. I'm not stacking a ton uh, this week, honestly. I, I will have mm-hmm. a few lineups that are just cheaper quarterback that allows me to get Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey in the lineup. Uh, and it's not as easy to do with Tua as the quarterback on the full-on stack. Uh, but with some of the other quarterbacks, it's very, very easy and realistic this week to play both Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. 
and, and still like your lineup. So that's where I'm headed. I, it's not that I don't like the Tua side. I will probably end up with a Tua lineup still. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like it. I do like the stack a lot. So that's an interesting point. I mean, I noticed in the Millie Maker, I believe in the last couple of weeks, you actually had a quarterback that was not stacked with anybody. And it was just basically taking a cheap quarterback and finding as many expensive, valuable, uh, you know, great points per dollar pieces as you could. So just so I hear you right, and we'll talk about the other games. So we'll talk about the quarterbacks that you might be pairing with like a Tyree kill, for example, but are you talking like a 5k quarterback in terms of like, get that price down and then just stack some of these major pieces? Yep. Bring the price down. Uh, I think 6,100 is the maximum you can spend uh, to really be able to do it still, mm -hmm. um, which would be, so like a scenario for that would be a Brock Purdy lineup. He's 6,100. You could, in then theory, stack him with McCaffrey. Uh, the correlation is still relatively strong there and you'd be capturing all those points. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's typically going to be lower than that. Uh, and I've got a guy that I love that we'll talk about here in a bit. Yeah. So a uh, Tua stack before we get off of that Dolphin side, uh, are you okay with stacking? Let, let's say it's a, a thousand to 2000 person uh, tournament that you're in. Are you okay stacking Tua with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or do you just prefer to take one of those guys, preferably Tyreek Hill? I prefer to take one of them, although I guess if you're stacking him there and playing Tyreek, you're almost definitely not going to be playing Christian McCaffrey in that lineup. So you're going to be getting different enough from what I think the field wants to do that I, I don't mind the double stack. Uh, I've trended away from double stacks quite a bit this season. Uh, just kind of the, the pricing really dictates that more than anything. Uh, however, if there was a team in, in a matchup, like it, it's – it's not unreasonable to think that if the weather cooperates, the Dolphins could cover 95% of this 49.5-point total. And as far as the Dolphin running backs, yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, the Dolphin running backs, uh, Mostert, Wilson, I don't believe A-Chan is playing. Are you interested at all in any of those guys? I'm not going to be. Uh, and, and a reason for that is my running back pool, as we talk about throughout the show, is going to be extremely condensed uh, and, mm -hmm. frankly, eating the chalk on it because I think I'm different enough on my stack and I'm different enough at a few of the other pieces I want to mix in. Uh, but, you know, we, we've got a value guy in Zach Moss we'll talk about. We've got Christian McCaffrey. Um, mm -hmm. When you put those two together, you're basically playing two $7,000 players. Yeah. Um, so that that's where I'm going to be going. So because of that, I'm not going to play the Dolphins right any before we move on to Lions Saints, any Washington, whether it's Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson or any pass catchers like Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, anybody that you're interested in there? Yeah, I got some interest in uh, Logan Thomas for sure. Terry McLaurin does pop as well. I've got some interest in Sam Howell. I, I think that uh, we just know the pass rate of this team is incredibly high. Some of it is with necessity because they're trailing in a lot of these games. Uh, I think that that's what's what we're going to see here again, you know, and it's I know it's not the greatest stadium accommodations in the world and conditions, but it is still a home game in a spot where he is comfortable. Uh, that that is something I'm interested in. So Sam Howell is definitely in my uh, quarterback player pool. And if you're stacking Sam Howell or maybe you're not, but it would it be like a Sam Howell McLaurin, Sam Howell Samuel with a Tyreek Hill run back. Yeah, it would likely be the cheapest. So likely Samuel um, mm -hmm. would be where I would go with it. Uh, and what it would be is it would, or the, I would basically have a single stack where it would be Sam Howell and Tyree Kill, and that's it. I right? got you. Okay. Capturing Tyree Kill, using a slight correlation to Tyree Kill, as opposed to playing someone like, say, Russell Wilson or something like that at one of the other cheaper quarterbacks. I would play Howell because I do like him. 
it, it's, you know, being the media coordinator there, much like Kansas City, the frustration when you used to play Patrick Mahomes and still do sometimes is he could hit any of the six receivers and have that four touchdown game, but they all go yeah. to different receivers, right? Um, that's very much in play for Howell here. So I do think it's a nice scenario where you could play Howell and just Tyreek on the other side. And then again, load that lineup up with studs that you like at every other position. Yeah, I absolutely love that play. And by the way, you're right about the pass attempts. Uh, Sam Howell's been over 40 pass attempts and I believe six straight games and eight out of nine. I actually put on Sportsline, I put his uh, passing attempt prop up there at over 39 and a half. It somehow ticked down to 38 and a half before kickoff in that in that Dallas game, which I thought was pretty hilarious. And of course, he blew it out of the water with way over 40 pass attempts. So that's what we can look forward to against the Dolphins for sure. And just for some perspective on how insane the pass rate is too, they do lead the league in pass rate and it gets even higher at home. They are up to 71% at home. 71% of their plays are passing wow. plays. That is incredible. Shouldn't really change uh, in this game being uh, in a negative game script as well. Uh, Lions minus four at the Saints. Uh, it's a 47-point total, pretty big total. This one's interesting because the Saints receivers are, are really banged up, and we're looking at guys potentially like A.T. Perry, Kirkwood, Bowden to play. Obviously, Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson maybe makes it into discussion there. And then, of course, there's Alvin Kamara, who's probably going to suck up a, a lot of run, rushing attempts, and targets. I think this game is interesting on the other end, too. I think you can make the pick between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I personally like David Montgomery and what I think is going to be a positive game script. I think you could go the Goff Amon Ra route, maybe throw in Laporta. It's not a stack I'm really looking looking into, but I do think David Montgomery is interested. Interesting. Are, are you interested in anybody in this game? Yeah, I'm very interested in quite a few pieces. It's just a matter of how do I get them in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kamara is the most interesting I think here because you know the usage has been up and down a little bit. The team's just they're okay. You've got a guy like Taysom that does suck away a lot of the touchdown equity. Um, and then the price point, right? You've got Christian McCaffrey, 9K, Alvin Kamara, 8,200. But we've seen games like this where I think New Orleans is going to be able to push with Detroit. I think this game is a shootout. I think that total is re mm. reflecting that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not many people are going to go out there and click Alvin Kamara's name at 8,200 when they – it's only – I say only. $800 is a lot in DFS, but there's a big difference to Christian McCaffrey. I really believe that because you have value plays like Zach Moss – Kamara is going to get totally squeezed out of here and no one's going to play him. If you go or someone just casually building a lineup and looking at opponent ranks, it's the second toughest matchup on paper. However, he's not really a true running back. So I like Alvin Kamara a lot. I'm trying to find ways to play him. What I'm likely to do here is not fade, not fade Christian McCaffrey in favor of him, but play both of them together. Um, that is the scenario that I'm looking at the most here which would mean I'm then no longer able to play Tyreek Hill. Uh, but that is the direction I'm leaning. I'm not leaning towards choosing one or the other. I'm leaning towards choosing both because I think Kamara can match that 30-point game that uh, McCaffrey has this week. Now, I know Christian McCaffrey is a beast, but if I wanted to do a few lineups where I faded Christian McCaffrey and played Alvin Kamara, I, like from just from an ownership standpoint, I mean, we're talking about like maybe somewhere between 20, 25% for Christian McCaffrey and probably somewhere, and I, I'm ballparking it because I'm not looking at ownership, but probably somewhere between what, five and 7% for Alvin Kamara? Yeah, I think those numbers are spot on. I've got McCaffrey at like 22, 23%. I personally think that balloons 25 to 30. Uh, and and I, I have Kamara around 10%, but I do think that he gets uh, 
push down, just kind of looking through it, talking through it, and actually trying to build lineups using both players. Uh, there are a few really natural builds, uh, just looking at what I'm projecting to be the chalk at every other position. I, I think that we're talking single digits there and close to 30% on uh, McCaffrey. Absolutely. Okay, anything on the Lions side that you're interested in? I mean, yes, you could be. Um, you know, kind of the same story. Armando St. Brown, 8,500, right in that same gap from uh, him to Tyreek Hill. Definitely prefer Tyreek Hill. Uh, mm. Depends on what kind of news we get out of Keenan Allen on that injury report. I know things are kind of bleak for the Chargers now on the road against New England. Um, I become far more interested in him if, you know, we lose another high-end player like that. But as of right now, I think that I'm going to be off of the Lions and just hope that they kind of evenly distribute everything and push enough to uh, make my Kamara shares worth it. Yeah, uh, that that certainly is a possibility in terms of the running backs getting a true split, neither of which uh, exploding. Amon Ra kind of splitting with Laporta, Khalif Raymond, Jamison Williams, some of these other guys. All right, you mentioned Keenan Allen. Let's move. And by the way, if you have questions in the chat, first of all, hit the like button if you can. Uh, but if you have questions in the chat, uh, go ahead and put them in. Put them in there. Obviously, I want them to be DFS questions. But uh, sometimes we don't cover every single player. We can't really do that in a in a forty five minute to fifty five minute show. So we're happy to answer any, whether it's game theory or otherwise. Uh, we're happy to answer those questions for you. Chargers minus five and a half at the Patriots. Pretty low total, forty and a half. I don't think it's moved in in the last day, but I'll have to double check that. We've got. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a, a pretty chalky play. Um, you know, I look at Bailey Zappi at 4,800. I just, you know, anything sub 5K, I always just kind of look at a little bit harder. But to me, there's not much to play in this game other than Ramondre Stevenson. So my question for you, Mike, is am I right about that, that Ramondre is really the only consideration? And if that's the case, are you playing him? Uh, I'm not playing him, but it is the consideration. Um, he, he, I shouldn't say I'm not 100% committed to playing him. He's not a focus right now. He could make the player pool. Uh, it's fringe for me, but yeah, I liked him. I, I've liked him a lot. I've been playing him a lot, frankly. Um, I'm just pretty set on what I'm doing at running back being Moss, McCaffrey, Kamara, things like that. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to get there, but I, I don't think he's a bad play. Uh, I think that he's got a, a ton of upside, uh, you know, approaching 100 total yards in the game, potentially just on the ground. Uh, so I, I don't dislike him at all. Let me ask you this. I don't know because I know this late in the season, you don't necessarily play a lot of cash. You usually kind of filter out uh, cash contests. I don't know if you're still you're still doing that because we're at week 13. Usually you're not playing much cash, just just tournament lineups. But if you were playing cash, would your cash lineups include the two running backs that you're mentioning for tournaments, Zach Moss and Christian McCaffrey? Or would you go to guys like uh, or at, at least mix in guys like Ramondre Stevenson or Rashad White some of, or Javante Williams, some of those sort of chalky guys in the lower prices? Uh, Javante would mix in for sure a little bit more in, in cash. Um, but yes, I, I likely would still have uh, McCaffrey and Moss uh, in the cash games. But I, I am not playing any cash games this week. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I probably will. And I think I'm going to take Mike's advice. I think I'm going to, I think uh, Christian McCaffrey and, uh, what was it? Zach Moss will probably be staples. I might throw in a third running back and it would be uh, in the flex spot. It would be Ramondre. Uh, it would be maybe Rashad White, would be maybe Javante Williams. We'll talk about all those guys later. Is there anybody else to cover in this Chargers-Patriots game? Um, I mean, I, I think we could talk wide receiver a little bit just if Keenan Allen were to miss. I honestly have not touched up on where his official status is here other than the questionable tag still exists. Um, let me see. Yeah, we know, 
We know Josh Palmer is is on IR. Quinton Johnston, I, I don't think anybody really wants to play him. I think you, you could, in, in a in a better game script, take a flyer on like a Jalen Guyton who gets him down the field targets. But yeah. I, I don't know where they go, frankly. I don't think there's a lot of production from the wide receivers in this one. Yeah, I actually, I don't have any of them. Uh, I got a little tiny bit of Keenan Allen in there if he, if he does play. Um, and then the only other person from this game that I've got is uh, very minimal exposure to Hunter Henry. Very minimal exposure to Hunter. Oh, okay, interesting. All right. Um, let's move on then. No reason to spend time on this game. Uh, we can move on to the next one. But before we do that, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, next up is the Cardinals plus five and a half at the Steelers, 41 and a half. I have a lot of notes on this game, but it's mainly because, Mike, I think I want to take the Steelers at home against anything Kyler Murray right now. I know it's a big number. I think it's six at some places. Uh, so that's kind of an aside. As far as playing this game from a DFS standpoint, at the beginning of the week, I thought Pickett was pretty interesting against Arizona. I mean, it's not just because Matt Canada is gone, but that's certainly a big part of it. But just the way he was peppering guys that are going to be relatively cheap like Pat Fryermuth. I think you can take a flyer on George Pickens. And then of course there's the Jalen Warren, Najee Harris thing. Like I, I still think Jalen Warren is the better running back and I, I'm still willing to maybe take a chance on him. But again, there's so many running backs on this slate that are really good. We just, I just mentioned three of them and, and none of which were the ones you're playing, Zach Moss and, and Christian McCaffrey. There's, there's at least seven or eight running backs that you can make a very compelling argument for. So I don't know that I get to Warren or Najee. I don't know that I get to Kenny Pickett. Are you getting to anybody in this game? I don't think so. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it. Like it, Warren makes the player pool if I'm building, you know, 40 lineups. When I really go down and select a lot of them, he doesn't end up in a ton. Uh, I don't mind it if you wanted to play like a McCaffrey, Warren, and Zach Moss in the flex kind of thing. I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, everything else looks like I'm just kind of missing it. I don't want to use Kyler Murray. I don't want to use any of his teammates, really, pass catchers uh, against Pittsburgh. Um, and the Warren thing, like, he's definitely got the upside. If you're playing tournaments, I, I think it's it's probably an excellent pivot from someone like Zach Moss. Mm -hmm. um, but I am a little gun-shy with all the changes and just knowing that it's still almost definitely uh, a big timeshare. Yeah, would you would you consider at all knowing that Arizona is a really bad defense, especially against the pass, just allowing a ton of production to quarterbacks? Would you consider Kenny Pickett in a lineup uh, or maybe a Kenny Pickett stack? I don't think I would. Um, the reason for it, I know we you know we could talk about it if we want to. Um, 
I don't, I need to see the actual upside with, with Pickett before I uh, participate in anything like that. And, and what yeah. I mean by that is there hasn't been a single instance this season where he scored 20 fantasy points. Uh, and I know the price tag is low. And like, if he gets 18, you might win your cash game, all of that. Uh, from a quarterback to like really go win and make a bunch of money. Like, I don't think we're going to pick it in cash necessarily. So if you're really trying to win a lot of money, take down a tournament, you need someone that has the ability to score 25 plus points. Yeah. I'm sure he does at some point. We just have not seen it yet. And part of the reason for that is the defense is so good. Sometimes uh, they've got those two running backs. The pace of play is just a little slow overall. So I'm going to stay off of it. I like where the thought is. I don't think anyone's going to do it. So I, I certainly think the math checks out in terms of, yeah, it, it probably makes sense as a leverage play. I just think we really still lack the upside needed to actually realize that edge that you're getting on paper. Absolutely. Uh, totally agree. Let me go to a couple of questions before we go to Broncos, Texans, because Mike, I know you have a couple interesting takes in this one. Uh, one from Kiss Kish. He says, uh, thank you for watching, Chris, as always. Generally speaking, what is the maximum ownership percentage you would take on a player in a main slate? I, I think what he means by that is how high owned is, is too high owned. I think that's what that question means. Mike, the way I would answer that, and I'm going to kick it to you, is, well, as long as you're over the field. Like, if you really like a guy and he's he's 30%, okay, well, then don't play him at 30%. Like, like go all in on him. Go go 60% or 70% or, or all in, for that matter. Go 100% on that guy that you really like, that the field really likes, too. Uh, what's your answer to that question? Yeah, I, I think it's a great answer. Uh, so, for me, when I look at it, I, I do have, a like, simulation data where I can project this player should be – you know, in an optimal lineup, say 25% of the time, and I'm looking at ownership, he's 18%. So I definitely go play him, right? When it gets to a situation where it's like the projected ownership is double what the optimal percent is, that's when I, I definitely start to pull away, go the other way. Uh, it, it's a fascinating question here on Moss because it, it's more of a mistake than anything, right? The, the pricing mm -hmm. came out, then Taylor was ruled out. That's why you get this value at this point. He's very much not a $4,600 player in the role that he's going to have this week. So it, it becomes difficult there. I think that if the number were up over 70%, which again, in cash games, this number is probably going to be 90%. Like it, it mm -hmm. might be 95% in your cash games. Mm -hmm. uh, you can make the argument there. But to answer the question, there's no hard rule on I'm never playing a 60% owned player because there are unique situations where someone does deserve to be 60% owned. Uh, so it is truly a case-by-case -case basis um, when it comes to that. And I think you should be far more concerned with the collective ownership of your lineup and not the ownership of one or two individual players. That's a really good point. Like if you're playing a couple really chalky players, like just make sure you're different elsewhere. Maybe it's just simply your stack. Maybe your stack is, is super different and, Maybe that different stack is in this Broncos-Texans game. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, this is plus three and a half, 47 and a half point total. Russell Wilson, maybe a little popular. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you can verify that, Mike. What I think is really interesting, though, is C.J. Stroud, maybe people aren't on him this week. He's at home against a Broncos defense that is very good, but are they? Like, I mean, we saw what Cleveland was able to like, Cleveland was able to move the ball. If you actually watch that game, they were able to move the ball. Uh, with relative ease, even with DTR, in my opinion. So I think this could be an interesting back and forth. That's why we see a 47 and a half point total. I'm starting to become interested in a CJ Stroud stack just because I don't think anybody's talking about that. I think the difficulty is who do you pair him with? 
Nico or Tank or, you know, obviously, you know, Robert Woods, Noah Brown or Noah Brown, I think is going to play this week. But to me, CJ Stroud to Nico Collins just makes plenty of sense. Uh, even Tank Dell, because it looks like he's healthy. I don't know that I need a run back. But then again, on the other side, Mike, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams all seem like it, they're in play. How are you playing this one? Yeah, I'm stacking this one up. See, I really like the Broncos side of this. Um, you know, when we talk about this a lot, uh, you know, each week throughout the season, Denver's got a pretty big home field advantage. They always seem to get to play in some of the elements. You've got, you know, the division games with Kansas City that, that typically get some elements as well. Now you're putting them against a Houston team that I think is not very good defensively, but has an offense that can absolutely push and will push. Um, and you, you've got perfect conditions uh, when you're playing in the dome. And I think that at this point in Russ's career, I think it's not a bad thing to put him in that kind of situation. So I like him a lot. He will be popular. I'm showing him as the top or second most popular quarterback on the slate. However, I think that we're going to see a pretty significant bunching of ownership here. Um, so I'm projecting quickly on that at Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy, uh, and then Tua and Sam Howell. But Jalen Hurts not far behind. Um, I think that Jalen Hurts naturally because of the rushing ability and just that game being a shootout, I think he still garners a little bit of ownership. So I think that all of those guys actually end up in that 10 to 12 percent range. And we're not looking at a 20 plus percent Russell Wilson. Um, so that's why I'm still interested there. But I, I do love Russ. Uh, I will be stacking him with Cortland Sutton. I like uh, Javante out of the backfield as well. Uh, but I, I think this is a great spot to grab Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton at 5,700 to 5,400. And is there a run back in that, in that scenario? There would be. Um, it, it depends on some of the injury report, but I, I do like Nico Collins a lot. Um, I, I still like Tank Dell. I still, I honestly, there's a couple, you know, we talk about playing double tight ends quite a bit as well. There is a double tight end that I might punt with to, uh, this week. It's Brevin Jordan on the other side, uh, 2,500. Yeah. And the reason I might do that is because I might literally be jamming in Tyree Kill, Christian McCaffrey, Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson, and still getting to Nico Collins uh, in that lineup. Yeah, and Brevin Jordan, of course, the backup to Dalton Schultz, and we're not sure he's going to play. I don't know. Has he been declared out officially yet, Mike, as far as you know? Uh, he has not been declared out. Uh, he did not practice on Thursday. Uh, gotcha. Dealing with a hamstring injury, did not practice on Thursday. Um, I think that he ends up missing this game personally. Mm -hmm. um, we'll we'll see what what ends up happening, but I think that when you're missing practice on Thursday with a hamstring, it, it's something one that you're likely limited. Two, a hamstring, if it is aggravated going into a game like that, the position he plays where you're both blocking and running routes, it's a, an injury that can be re-aggravated very, very quickly. Speaking of low-end tight ends, uh, and I think we can move on uh, from this game. I'm not, FYI, FYI, I'm not playing any Devin Singletary. Um, good for him. He's been, he's been doing great. But uh, it sounds like, Mike, you're playing Javante Williams. I think we're pretty clear on that. Uh, but those are, we, I think we discussed all the players in this game. Again, this is a 47.5-point total. Um, one of the higher totals on the slate. So don't ignore it. I mean, Mike just gave you what, what the basically top five, six quarterbacks were from an ownership standpoint. At no point did he mention C.J. Stroud. So I, I think we have to consider C.J. Stroud stacks with or without a Broncos run back. Uh, 
you, I think you could play that either way, but uh, certainly a run back would make sense. Let me ask you this, though, about cheap tight ends, Mike. Uh, somebody asked about Juwan Johnson. So one thing, you know, we're talking about injury reports with, with respect to Dalton Schultz. In that Saints game, we got to wait for some injury news, too. And just some, maybe some beat reporters in terms of, hey, is Kirkwood going to have a bigger role than we think? Or is it really going to be A.T. Perry, you know, just bout and actually get some run? But it does seem like Juwan Johnson is is in line to get some run. He's only 3,400. Would he be a tight end you'd consider when you're jamming in some of those guys at the top, or are you going to other potential punt tight end options? Uh, he is a guy to consider for sure. Um, the toughest thing for me, and we'll talk about this guy shortly, uh, is Jawan Johnson versus David Njoku. Njoku, I think, is clearly a better play still. Uh, mm -hmm. I know you got the quarterback change, all that. Um at 4,100, I still like him just a touch more than Juwan at 34. But if I need the salary, I will absolutely do it. Um, but yes, Juwan Johnson is there uh, in the player pool. And frankly, he is one of the top overall values uh, at the tight end position. Yeah, and Smith Waller asks uh, if we're thinking about Laporta. I think Laporta is an okay play, certainly a high total. I'm probably not going to get to him. Mike, are you getting to Sam Laporta? I'm not going to, but... Uh, you know, I'm trying to deliver that message throughout the show. I, I'm paying up for Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, um, and, and in some spots, Alvin Kamara. So I, I just can't make it work salary-wise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll get to the top threes in a bit. But the when I sort my my model here by value at the tight end position, it's Njoku, Jawan Johnson, and Brevin Jordan. Those are the three guys that are in my lineups right now. I don't have any other tight ends in – projected to make my lineups at this point. Okay, speaking of not having any of anything, uh, Falcons minus two and a half at the Jets, 34-point total. Uh, I, I, this might be the quickest one we've ever done on this show ever. I, I'm just not interested. I'm not playing Bajan Robinson at 6,700. Uh, you know, Drake London, in theory, sounds good, but against this Jets secondary, not interested there at 4,900. Not interested in Brees Hall. Not interested in Garrett Wilson. Not interested in anything. Mike, how about you? Yeah, not interested in anything. I honestly was hoping that because the Falcons have been so, you know, they're not a great defensive team that they we might have got them at like 2,800. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not going up to 3,400. At least I don't think I am at this point. So if anything, it would be one of the two defenses. Certainly no skill position players. All right, let's move on. Let's not waste anybody's time. Uh, Colts minus one at the Titans. Well, we talked about the main sort of component in this game and, and you know i don't know if you said this on the air you certainly said it before we went on to the show his ownership is well past 50 percent, and it makes sense because it really is kind of a mistake in the sense that obviously you know DraftKings didn't know the news about jonathan taylor in, in, until it published prices but zach i mean that 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 obviously makes sense at 4600 uh not necessarily the best matchup but again it's 4600 i think if you wanted to be super contrarian mike don't play Zach Moss and, and play Gardner Minshew to Michael Pittman, 5,300 to 7,100, and just hope all the touchdowns go there and, and hope this game shoots out. It's a 42.5-point total. I mean, downs might be in that conversation if you're trying to get contrarian with this game. Not interested in a run back. Derrick Henry really got there last week, but he didn't look great. Uh, what are you interested in here, if anybody, besides Zach Moss? You know, not a lot. I, I do think that some will play Gardner Minshew. Uh, just again, the price point, 5,300. I, I think it's okay. And I certainly think there is a game script where Moss isn't playing excellent. Moss can still catch passes out of the backfield, though. Um, yeah. where, where Derrick Henry does have his two touchdowns early and they are forced to throw a little more. Um, you know, you look at some of the games for Gardner Minshew and the Colts, they, they, they have some variance to them. You know, you've got multiple games 
Uh, even in the last five weeks, multiple games in the mid to low 20s in pass attempts and a couple games up in the mid 40s, low 40s. Uh, so there, there are a number of ways those games can go, and I think you have to account for that. Um, having said all that, I'm only playing Moss here personally. I think it's possible Derrick Henry has the two or three touchdown game. I think the days of Derrick Henry having a 200-yard rushing game are, are long gone. Um, so you are counting on touchdown equity. And I'm it, For me, it's Moss or nothing. But if you wanted to get different, honestly, I think the way I would get different is just avoiding the game altogether. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And, and for the record, this isn't a scenario because, I mean, Minshew is so cheap. This isn't a scenario where we're doing the Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy thing, where we're just trying to capture all the points. I mean, it's kind of a lower total, so I don't know that, that that's going to be a smash play by any means. But Zach Moss, Gardner, Minshew in a lineup and you move on. Is, does that make sense in this scenario? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think that it allows you to get everything else you want. Uh, there is some correlation between those two. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that. If you like uh, Minshew a little bit, I don't mind it at all. And, again, if you think this game, if you think the Titans are going to get absolutely rolled at home, I mean, obviously Zach Moss would be included in that. Or maybe they don't get rolled, but it's a back and forth and it's it's a lot of the passing game. I mean, again, if you wanted to be super contrarian, uh, I think Pittman and Minshew in a stack with no Moss uh, certainly would make sense. All right, we've got three four o'clock games to tackle. And then of course, we're going to do Mike's top three at each position and our cheat sheets. But before we do any of that, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our partners. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So, Mike... I've been all over Mike Evans uh, quite a bit this year, and it really served me last year. I almost had an outright in a pretty big tournament, kind of a relative low dollar, but big tournament. Mike Evans was a key piece of that. Anyway, long story short, I look at this Panthers plus five at the Buccaneers game. I'm not interested in a lot. I don't think I'm actually going back to Mike Evans at 7,700, but Rashad White at 6,300. I, I know he's going to be very popular, probably, I'm guessing, somewhere in that 25-ish percent range, maybe a little lower. He's interesting to me against the Panthers of all teams, Buccaneers at home, certainly a must win for them. They're still in the playoff conversation, believe it or not. Or I should say the division race conversation. I'm not interested in anything on the Panthers. Rashad White and Evans, a little interested in that. Are you interested in anything in this game? I mean, I think you could have some interest. I understand why White is where he is. He, he honestly has put up really good fantasy numbers. Um, I think that when you look at the last few games. Uh, I think he ran incredibly hot. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, against Indy, he ended up getting that extra carry, got him exactly 100 yards, which gets you a pretty significant bonus over on DraftKings. Did not score a touchdown, only two targets in the passing game on that one. 
Uh, the week before, just nine touches in the running game, but did happen to land in the end zone, just 28 yards receiving. Um, you know, both of those box scores could have been high single digits, low double digits, not 16 to 18 fantasy points. Um, so just knowing what I, you know, it probably gets old if you're listening to the show or watching us live. Uh, I have a very clear plan personally uh, with what I'm doing at the running back position and a $6,300 running back like this does not fit that build this week. Uh, so I think this is an okay spot to jump off. Um, I, I think that it's very possible he has 30 fantasy points. You need him to win. I, I think he's a fine cash game play if you don't want to pay up for either Tyreek or Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I personally am just electing to to go the other way as I think he has been running uh, pretty pretty good lately in terms of some of the, the luck falling his way. If someone wants to put in a running back in their cash games and it's between Rashad White and Ramondre Stevenson, it sounds to me like you probably prefer Ramondre Stevenson there. Uh, yeah, it would be Stevenson at the point. Let me double check to be sure. They're nearly identical within 2%. Um, so when I value sort uh, running backs here, it's Zach Moss, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, uh, Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson, Jalen Warren, Alvin Kamara. Oh, interesting. Wow, Jalen Warren pretty high on that list. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Warren, like it, it, the computer likes it a lot, and a lot of it has to do with some of the upside that's been flashed. You know, he's had multiple twenty-point games, uh, really in the last four weeks, I believe, as well. Yeah, um, and he is talented. You got defense that could create some short fields. There's just there's all sorts of things working in his favor, other than the unknown of a co you know coordinating change, the unknown of what does that timeshare look like. Um, mm -hmm. The good news there is I think everyone involved, including Najee Harris, knows that Jalen Warren is the more explosive running back. So we'll see. Maybe at some point uh, he does become the lead guy. But, you know. Don't let anybody tell you that Najee Harris is a better runner than Jalen Warren because that is kind of ridiculous at this point. All right, let's go to a game that looks like it might be ridiculous, but in a good way. 49ers minus two and a half at the Eagles, 47-point total. This is a 425 game, as is that Browns-Rams game, which we're going to cover in a second. I only point that out for late swap purposes. Panthers-Buccaneers is 405. 49ers-Eagles, Browns-Rams, 425. Again, three-game slate if you want to play the afternoon slate. This is an interesting one. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of pieces here because I like other things. I just said how much I like the Miami game. I might go contrarian with the CJ Stroud stacks. You're convincing me on Russell Wilson. There's a lot of places to go. So I don't know that I'm going to get to a Purdy stack. I'm definitely not playing an, a, a Jalen Hurt stack. Just not. It's just not for me against San Francisco's front seven. I understand you can pass on the 49ers. So listen, Jalen Hurts, if it makes sense to you, go ahead and play it. A.J. Brown, 8,800. Devontae Smith, 7,300. I'll probably be looking at Devontae Smith props like I have the last two weeks and hit both. So I think Devontae makes a little bit of sense at 7,300. I think guys like Brendan Ayuk probably going to get under-owned because they're 7,200. I think he makes sense in a Purdy stack. But again, I'm not getting to a lot of pieces in here other than maybe you know peppering in some CMC. How are you playing this game? I'm playing uh, Christian McCaffrey heavily. I'll play a little bit of Brock Purdy. And that's it. I'm not playing anything on the Eagles side. Um, you know, I've talked about this the last couple weeks. I, I don't think AJ Brown is 100% healthy. And yeah. some of that has coincided with three matchups that are, are more difficult for them. You know, you look at the Eagles schedule, they just played Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo. That Buffalo game turned into a shootout. And then, and then the 49ers here. AJ Brown had 111 yards combined in those three games. Combined. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and the target share in the last two, only 13 targets. And I say only 13 targets, like that's not a lot. And, and it's not a lot when you consider he had a stretch where he was averaging essentially 13 targets a game. Um, five catches on nine targets against Buffalo, one catch on four targets against Kansas City, seven of nine against Dallas. But he's been dealing with this thigh injury, trying to play through it. Uh, he's still a threat when he's able to be on the field. And he's still a threat to score touchdowns because he's so strong in the red zone. Yeah, I just I think the days of having 15 targets, 130 yards, I, I don't think that that happens in this kind of a matchup. I don't think his body is healthy enough at this point as well. So I'm off of AJ, but because I'm off of AJ, but I know that he's going to be out there on the field and I know he's still going to get eight targets in this game. I, I think it still takes away from some of the other positions here. So I'm going to be off the Eagles side. I'm going to trust that they figure out a way to push enough uh, to make my McCaffrey shares worth it, to make my Brock Purdy shares worth it. But, you know, the game itself, there, there's some expensive players here. So it's an attractive game for scoring points. It's going to be a heck of a game to watch. But I, I'm really not going to have a ton of exposure outside of the the main two on the San Francisco side. Yeah, and by the way, the, the total in this game is actually ticked up to 48 in a lot of places. So just FYI there, people are thinking – maybe even a little, a few more points than what was originally anticipated. I will say when, I talk, when I'm talking about the East Coast games, the ones that are not in a dome, which is most of them, keep an eye on the weather Sunday morning because there is the potential for some rain, not, not significant enough really to affect the totals. And obviously you can look at the totals Sunday morning to see if bookmakers actually think the totals are actually going to be affected by wind or rain or anything like that, but certainly something to consider. You know, Mike, I think I, I'm starting to think, and I understand how much you're playing CMC. And we're going to get to Browns-Rams in a second. But I'm starting to think that that Kamara pivot, if there was ever a week to do it, it would be this week. I, I, am I crazy? Not crazy at all. Um, absolutely not crazy at all. And, you know, part of part of that, too, it becomes fascinating with the, uh, with, with the late swap element of it. I know that McCaffrey's game is later, but if you decide to make that move to Kamara and, and you can kind of gauge based on how that game is going, um, mm -hmm. you know, if Kamara is a total bust, you're probably going to want to take some shots and, uh, rebuild the rest of your lineup. If you have any flexibility left to, uh, take advantage of the situation where McCaffrey kind of doesn't play well as well. Um, or if, you know, Kamara crushes and you've got some flexibility left, you might want to build a more median type lineup and lock in, you know, something else. So there's a lot to look at. Uh, but yeah, I, I, We've talked about it here on the show. I, I like Kamara a lot this week, and I'm going to play him. Love it. All right. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, if you have questions about this game, again, I think Brendan Ayuk is interesting. I think it's a great matchup against the Eagles. Obviously, Debo is interesting. He's a lot cheaper. I actually prefer Ayuk over Debo personally. Probably not getting to Kittle. Again, if I'm getting to uh, a Philly receiver, it's going to be Devontae Smith, uh, and I'm not playing a Jalen Hurts stack personally. Uh, Greg Gousset says, uh, we only have 30 likes and, and three times as many people watching. Uh, hopefully it's even more than that now because I know you sent that a, a few minutes ago. Uh, let's get some Let's get some like buttons. That would be great. Uh, Browns plus three and a half at the Rams. It's a 40-point total. Okay, so Joe Flacco might be the quarterback in this game. That's interesting. Brings me back to 2010. Uh, Jerome Ford at 5,500 I think is an interesting price. Kyron Williams coming off that huge game. I don't think he's collecting a lot of ownership, so I think he's interesting. When you talk about a Browns defense that might be missing some pieces, uh, Cup, Nakua, we know how that's kind of played out over the last three or four weeks. I'm probably not getting to this game in terms of getting players, Mike. How about you? 
Yeah, I'm not getting to it outside of uh, David Njoku at tight end, 4,100. I liked his involvement. I know it's sketchy with the quarterback change potentially. Um, however, even if it is Flacco, I would expect Flacco to look for the short area targets. I would expect him to look for tight ends. That's typically what veteran quarterbacks do at this stage of their career. Um, will they have any chemistry? Probably not. Um, does it matter? Probably not. Uh, Njoku's a very athletic tight end. Um, yeah, I think everything else is going to be difficult for that team overall. So I, Njoku's the one I'm interested in right now, but value is going to, you know, if pretend Schultz is out, I, I, we're all going to play Brevin Jordan instead. So uh, it really depends on the way injury reports shake out, but Njoku and uh, move on from this game for me. Yeah, I'll say this about Jerome Ford. I think he's pretty sneaky at, at a, what I consider to be a low price at 5,500. I could see him really getting peppered with just kind of check downs. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's in the conversation there too, but I could see Ford actually having like a, a, a big game potentially here. So I think that's something to consider. Uh, we had a question in the chat. Oh, uh, from Smith Waller. We actually answered this question. Mike answered it earlier. What would be the... I think you're asking about the ownership split between Kamara versus McCaffrey. Uh, Mike said right now Kamara was in that 10% range and McCaffrey was in that 25% range, but the, he expects Kamara to tick down a little bit, maybe towards 7 or 8%, while McCaffrey might tick up closer to 30%. So I think the split is going to be pretty wide from an ownership standpoint uh, between those two. Did we cover everything on Brown, Browns Rams? Are you playing any Rams or are you considering playing any Rams? I'm not considering playing any Rams at this point. Um, okay. Yeah, not not considering it. And, and as far as a Kamara uh, versus McCaffrey, uh, I would plan on two and a half x. So I would expect McCaffrey to be two and a half x on the ownership. Gotcha. All right, let's move along. Then we've got Mike's top three at each position. He gives us QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And Mike, go ahead and start with your top three quarterbacks. All right, Russell Wilson. Brock Purdy and Sam Howell. Uh, oh, how that looks different than some weeks in the NFL where you have names mm. like Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, but it's the cheap quarterbacks here. Again, I have a very clear plan on what I'm doing. I like the matchups and the usage for a lot of them. Uh, Russell Wilson, my favorite, playing in a dome. Love the pass catchers. Love the price points. Uh, love that the Texans, I think C.J. Stroud, as you called out, is an excellent play in tournaments this week. They have the ability to push, but I don't think they're strong enough defensively. Uh, when we move to running back, I've listed Zach Moss, Christian McCaffrey. They're both going to be popular. Love them. Javante Williams is listed third because he's that guy, if you're trying to play cash games and like really building out pools, he, he's going to be involved for me as I, I'm betting on Denver pretty heavily here. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be that guy if we're talking tournament forward more. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I love all those. Definitely playing Kamara. You've got that message if you've watched or listened to the show so far. Um, mm -hmm. but that's why he's not listed in the top three yet. Uh, as far as wide receiver, we're going to go to Cortland Sutton, pairing him with uh, Russell Wilson. Love the price point, love the matchup, love the game environment, playing in a dome. Tyreek Hill, number two. We all know Tyreek's upside. Love him in this matchup. And then Nico Collins on the other side uh, as a bring back in that Broncos game. I'm stacking that game heavily. Uh, moving to tight end, it's David Njoku, Brevin Jordan, and Jawan Johnson. Um, some injury news really across all three of them. One of them is at the quarterback position for Njoku. Uh, Brevin Jordan, I, I think, is punt-worthy even if Schultz plays. Uh, dealing with that hamstring injury is not something I want to really mess around with. Uh, and then Jawan Johnson for the Saints. I think that game is an absolute shootout. All right. Love it. Let's go to my cheat sheet. I've got Tua, 
Uh, at 7,900 to Tyreek Hill, 9,600, really expensive stack. I don't mind what Mike suggested earlier in the show where you have Tyreek Hill on one side, Sam Howell on the other, because that makes a ton of sense to me, especially with how the Washington, they just really spread it around. We see that with Eric Bieniemy offenses. So my value play happens to be Curtis Samuel. I don't necessarily think you need a run back in that game if you're on a Tua stack, because again, of what we just said, Curtis Samuel might get a bunch of targets, but I don't know about his ceiling. I mean, obviously last game he was great, but they really do spread it around. So even though I like Curtis Samuel as a value, I don't think you have to play him if you're playing Tua stacks or if you're big on that game. And I do think from a value standpoint, things might open up in that Saints game. There's going to be a lot of value receivers that you can play that are going to be in that low 3K range as opposed to the low 4K range. My chalk is going to be Ramondre Stevenson because I just love fading the Chargers defense. And I think Ramondre Stevenson is starting to assume a role where, you know, Zeke is just not really going to be a factor. We're, we're going to be looking at, you know, probably 70% touch share for Ramondre Stevenson, which I like against the Chargers. My contrarian play is going to be David Montgomery. I, I just think the Saints defense is going to end up wilting against the run. They haven't been that dominant. And if I'm right about Detroit being in a positive game script or even a neutral game script, I do think Montgomery is going to get more run than Jameer Gibbs. So again, it's a contrarian play for a reason. I'll say this. Alvin Kamara looks like he's going to be a contrarian play. So that's probably better than David Montgomery. It's just a lot more expensive too. Uh, and my fate is going to be Debo Samuel. I saw some ownership collect on him. So maybe I'm wrong about him being popular, but at 6,200, it makes sense that he's popular against that Philly secondary. So that is my fade. Mike, your cheat sheet. All right. Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton is my stack. However, I will say that there are definitely scenarios where I don't have full on stacks this week, whether it be a, a mixed stack with, uh, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, non-traditional, uh, the Sam Howell to Tyree kill kind of thing. I, you know, a correlated play. Um, those are all in play for me here. Value play. I've listed David and Joku for now that will pivot to, uh, Brevin Jordan potentially, um, just monitoring that news. My chalk play Zach Moss. I, I'm going to play him. Everyone's going to play him. I, I think it's mostly a, a free square uh, in this event. Um, and what I mean by that is the ownership is so high. Um, if he doesn't land in the end zone, you're definitely not winning the GPP. Um, but you're almost definitely not going to not cash because of it. But if he does score two touchdowns, you're not winning the tournament without him this week. So mm -hmm. I would rather be on that, that other side of that one. So I'm going to be overweight there. Contrarian play, as you mentioned, Alvin Kamara, we've talked about him at length here. I think he's a great pivot to McCaffrey, but I also think he's a great play alongside him. I don't think many people are going to get to that unique build uh, just because of the salary allocations. So I love Alvin Kamara. And then my fade's going to be Rashad White because you can't love 17 running backs when you can <laughs> play three of them in one lineup. So uh, I'm going to fade Rashad White here. I think he's ran really hot so far. And uh, I think that while he's consistently scored 12 to 18 fantasy points, I think the games of 30 are not happening. And I think the game of eight to 10 is far more likely. All right. I love that. Uh, Rashad White certainly collecting a lot of ownership, which makes sense given his recent history. Uh, Mike, I think that's it for, for week 13. Any final thoughts before we uh, get out of here? Uh, no final thoughts. Just enjoy the week and uh, don't be afraid to, eat the chalk in certain spots and make, you know, make the play you like everywhere else. Exactly. You can be different elsewhere while eating chalk. That certainly uh, alludes to one of the questions we had in the chat. Thank you, chat, for joining us today. Everybody, thanks for listening on the podcast. Give us a review if you can. We'll see, we'll see you next on Tuesday for our early look at, oh my gosh, it's going to be 
week 14. That's crazy. And a very quick look back to our lineups in week 13. That'll be at 1030 on Tuesday. But for now, that's Mike McClure. My name is C. Najad. We're out of here. Thanks for joining us on Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.